Uh, I just believe in the process, and we're, we're going to win going through the process. Now, Bill's Mafia. It's time for the main event. So sit back and enjoy the show. Bill's Mafia, welcome to the Red, White and Buffalo Blues. Robin, Matt, here to talk Bill's news with a UK twist. And we're recording this after our first preseason game. And what was it? Well, they say it was nine straight preseason wins in a row. Yeah, going going back, uh, going going back four seasons because we only played three in 2021. We played four in 2020, and we won the last one of 2019. So the run has now spread three and is now into its fourth season. For any pedants out there, um, and I think people want that to be more unbeaten in the regular season, though. To be honest, <laughs> yes. Yes, you say what you can well, get in the pre in the preseason part part of it. I uh, I I was th- I was thinking when we were twenty four ten down, I'll happily lose all four preseason games if it means we go seventeen and zero in the regular season. That was the well, uh, the bargain I was making with myself. But uh, given the choice and given the fight that the the, the guys had, and you know third string guys, um, everything that comes in from the from, from the first team, everything about the spirit and the character and humble and hungry, you could absolutely see that. In those third stringers, they desperately wanted to win. I thought that the thought it was it was you know it was a bad first half, um, but the way they came back and fought to the end, um, I thought yeah. spoken yeah. incredibly well of them. Yeah, no, I mean, I will admit that I've had so, I had such a long day on the Saturday. I actually fell asleep when we were twenty four ten down. Oh really? Oh I right. Asleep, okay. I woke up. And just in time for the game winning, just in time for the game winning field goal. I'm thinking, shit, what the fuck have I oh, just Oh, fantastic! Missed? You didn't see, you didn't see so, the comeback. You didn't see uh, Blackshear's thing, and then the two point, and they went for, they went for a two point. No, I had to, uh, Once I actually, um, once I watched the kick, and obviously it ended. Luckily, obviously, game pass for preseason for the least for the preseason game is free. So I was lucky I was able to go back and actually find the moment I actually, or try and find the moment I fell asleep and actually oh, watch. Oh, I see. Wind the thing back. Oh, yeah. I get it. So, I will put one brief shout in as well. For the last couple of years, you've been able to watch Game Pass if you've got Samsung Smart TV, which I luckily have. Um, and forwarding and rewinding was almost a massive pain. So if you were like late to the game, the idea is you could watch it from the beginning and slowly forward forward through the adverts and stuff. And it was always a massive, massive pain. And they've done something to the app. So now it's much more, it's like scrolling through like a YouTube tech kind of thing. Yeah. It's yeah. much better now. So you know, the techie, techie info. Uh, I, was, I do it on the laptop. I had the laptop going and away, away we go. So luckily it, well, it froze a couple of times, but... I think that's just more connection issue than than anything else. But at the end of the day, we watched it. We actually managed yeah. to crack out the win, and pretty much we'll be reviewing that game and talking the rest of training camp or fitting in the rest of the training camp in from yeah. our last show. And I think before we even go into the review itself, I think you want to talk a bit about the first depth chart that that the Bills yes. cut out before yeah. that first um, first game. 
Yeah, it's it's it, it, I tell you, it's interesting. So obviously, depth charts they 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 do change them from from week to week, but. It was kind of interesting. So it came out on, we were planning to record on the Thursday, and I think it actually came out, I think, on the Wednesday, the day before. So it was just going to be something that we were going to take a look at. And uh, yeah, um, you probably don't want to read too much into it. And obviously, this is slightly older information, um, given mm. what's happened in the preseason, and obviously, results and performances obviously probably outweigh um, what you've got on the depth chart. But a couple of things did. did did leap out. Uh, Kyrie Lamb is behind Dane Jackson at uh, the cornerback yeah. position. Yeah. Uh, James Cook is behind both Singletary and Zach Moss. Um, now, by, by the count, yeah. Zach Moss had a really yeah. good camp. Dane Jackson had a really good camp as well. Um, Kelly Shakir behind Evan Austin on front, front return. And mm-hmm. one, probably le- less of a surprise. Well, actually, I'll leave that to, I'll leave that to the end. So one more. Which is uh, Saffold on the offensive line is still in, managed to be in front of Ike Butker, which is quite amazing, really, that a guy's in a car accident, damages his ribs, only comes back in. Basically, I think he's even just cleared to train for the last couple of years, manages to do some solo drills, and still managed to finish in front of Ike Butker. So it's either his reputation speaking for him, or that, that was a hell of a solo drill. Um, well, Butker's uh, still not practicing at the moment, so. Yeah, I think I, I think he's default de facto um, number one because uh, to be honest, I can't see even with that. I can't see Cody Ford being above him. I can't no. see Greg Van Rotten or Jacob no. Capra being ahead of him on there. The interesting, if we're looking at the, if we're looking at that, the interesting one for me is if you look at if you look at who we take through if we if we preview say a 53 man roster yeah you look at the wide receiver group obviously you've got davis mckenzie and Diggs as your one two three and they didn't play in the um in the first preseason game so you kind of think that that may be your starter three but your four five six whatever order you want to put them in you have crowder hodgins and kumaro yes so you have Shakir on the outside. Yes. But again, it depends on how many we think that the um the Bills are going to take into the season. It might yes. be seven, and it might be a case that Shakir gets that last spot, or mm-hmm. it may be six, Shakir, and we'll talk about it after his performance in the um in the preseason game, may have jumped a couple of spots, and you're looking at maybe Crowder and Kumro being the um being the odd ones out on there. And yeah. I think I just think looking at it and looking at what this depth chart is, the only I can't really apart from obviously Elam being a surprise, being um a, a second team in inverted commas, yeah. Maybe it's just because we, we try not to look in too much in about that because we know that it's more than likely gonna be him and Jackson to open the season behind Trey White. It might be a case that come training camp, try uh, come week one, Elan yeah. may have done enough to actually um to beat out Dane Jackson. Um, yeah. Really, the only thing that I can see that's not much of a shock um, is Quesenberry being the um, 
first team right tackle at the moment for Spencer you, Brown. But you, you stole my you headline think... uh, comment there, Matt. You you rascal. That was that that was that. I was holding that back. That was my that was my that was my final one. So I'll let you I'll let you have that one. I'll let you Kyrie land me. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, I I I I noticed that as well. Uh, I think Question Bro has come off really well, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, I think. As a signing. Plus, I think it's a case that, yeah, Spencer Brown had been injured. He has come back, done positional drills on there. But obviously, Berry has taken right tackle snaps. He has been involved a bit more running with the first team on there. So I so I don't know how they build the depth chart, whether it is through result of practice or anything like that. But I don't find is it, it a, much. Is it, a true, is it a true meritocracy as well? Do you think, do you think they maybe play with it just to give Spencer Brown something to think about, just to make sure he doesn't have a, a year two, uh, you know, syndrome? It's you possible. Know, they're just, they're just making that. Are they lining him up for, you know, because then you, you've got Doyle as well. Do they have him as a swing tackle? Um, yeah. You know, is that is that what they're sort of lining up, saying, try and get Questenbury, try and get, you know, try and absolutely get, get it. Um, so that mm. absolutely the best right right tackle gets in because if Saffold's fit, that's four that's four of the five pretty much done, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. And, yeah. and then you just you have a guy who's absolutely killing himself to get in to make that offensive line you know as solid as it can be. Yeah, I mean the one other one that that kind of interests me is obviously they've listed Von Miller down as edge on the um, on the on the depth chart. Yes, rather than um, linebacker. So, yeah. Yeah, so they've got for for one edge they've got Russo, um, Basham, Mike Love, and Kingsley Jonathan. The other edge they've got Von Miller, AJ Epinesa, Shaq mm. Lawson, and Daniel Joseph. Yes. So could could we see? And, and again, it's a, it's probably a makeup of how they take it on a fifty three. Are we seeing Shaq Lawson actually on on the bubble here, or is this a say just a reflection of? How it's been in training camp, and who knows after the next two um, preseason games, yeah. we may see a completely different depth chart when it comes to the fifty-three man roster. I think broadly, I think the short answer is yes. He is on the bubble, not through any great fault of his own, not because he isn't good, but just because the guys in front of him are that good. You know, Ebenezer's mm. had a good has a good camp. Rousseau's had a good camp. Basham had that terrific sack leading to the fumble. And the scoop score from from Bernard, um, he's got that many people in front of him, yeah. And and isn't it funny that what five years ago, six years ago, he was a, he was a starter. You know, we've got seconds now that are basically firsts during the drought era. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how high the the standards now got. But we have good players, and I don't mean that sarcastically or you know damning someone with plain praise. We have good players now solid decent dependable guys that are only just may, maybe just going to make the 53 just by the sheer quality that's in front of them mm. which is which is why was such a good a good um a good good position going oh, into God. The 53. I, mean, I mean let's let's go on to the um let's go on to the game the one yeah carry on sure. No, no, no. I was just saying. I was just saying. Sure. Uh, while I have interrupted you, I was just going to come in with with one with one final thing, just about depth. There was a thing yeah. on uh, ESPN about a week ago yeah. in the uh, um, in the you know 
padded content, you know, padding content until week one. And they said all 32 teams, what's their one weakness? So I was like, oh, interesting. What are they going to say about the Bills? I don't know if you read it, but it basically said, well, I mean, it, you could almost hear the sighing of the reporter when he's writing it because he's, he's looking at the Bills roster thinking there's not, there's not a lot weak here. But all right, I've got, I've got to file something. So he goes, well, I could say the cornerback position, but Kyrie Lamb's had a really good training camp. And Trey Wright looks like he's going to be back. He might be back for week one. So even if he's not back by week one, Dane Jackson's had a good camp. So you know what? Cornerback's going to be pretty good. Taron Johnson is a great nickel. Saran Neal's hanging about. We've still got the two safeties as well, so I can't really say cornerback. You know what? I'm probably going to say guard. But actually, Roger Saffold's been really good and Ryan Bates has been really good. So actually, fine. And that was the article, like the one weakness of the Bills team. The guy couldn't even come up with one. He came up with two and then rejected them within the, within the same <laughs> sentence he was writing. Going, I mean, I guess I could say guard, but actually I think they're probably going to be fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a I mean, yeah, I mean, going, going back on it, as you say, it is, that, it is that strong and it's in that depth. I mean, when we go into the game, the one thing – which I think he could have that that the analyst could have picked up on was behind. Let's let's call him the let's call him the the front six or the, the okay. first six. So behind Dawkins, Saffold, Morse, Bates, Quesenberry, and Spencer Brown. Yeah, we there is a I yeah. have feeling that we're a little struggling a bit on there, and everyone was keen to clamor over Case Keenum and how he performed and said he was rubbish and all that. But when yeah. you had Bobby Hart, Greg Van Ruten, um, Cody Ford and rookies um, that who were doing third string game um, yes. training camp defending you, yes, as a 10-year veteran, you should be able to get past that and actually play it. But when you have those guys there kind of given a bit of leeway to to case and and how he performed and i mean the depth yeah. there is not good i mean when bocker comes back he is pretty much a lock in there i think they like greg mance um a lot yeah. because he is i wouldn't say the heir apparent but he's the the main backup to Mitch Morse and he can play other guards. So yes, instantly there, you've got eight guys and I know they've done cuts this week, haven't they? Yeah. They, they've, 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 they've released, they have to release, um, eighty-five by tomorrow, don't they? By Tuesday. Yeah. And they've released, um, Elijah Griffin. I think they've released a couple of, um, guards in there. They released, um, Jordan Simmons, um, Jalen um, Windermere, um, Elijah Griffin. Who else did they get rid of? I can't remember now. Uh, who did they get rid of? Uh, I think you know, they, they only had to get rid of five people, didn't they? But you, you, yeah. you look at who, who they've, uh, you know, who they've got. How many, how many O line? How how many O linemen can they take? The yeah. whole. If you, take, if you go, if you go over the whole line, it's about. Like three, four oh, at each position. Derek Kersetter. Derek Kersetter was another one. So that's four. Oh, okay. I think there was one more. I can't remember who it was, but you can kind of clearly see that. Oh, Tanner Owen, that's the one. So they did get rid of a few linemen yeah. um, that time round. So 
you're kind of now looking at what is now available on that free agency wire that could come in and maybe push out a Van Rotten, a Bobby Hart from this um, from this team because mm. that O line, heaven forbid, if one of the one of the first five go down. As much as I like what Josh can do with Scramble, I am kind of yeah. worried if he's trying to get back into just being a just trying to avoid doing design runs that he could actually be clobbered in. Yes. Yeah. Well, you mentioned it there. I think the start the starting five, I think, will probably be pretty strong. And I'd and I'd like to see them. But prior to the preseason game, I was hoping they'd they'd probably give the the first string O line a run out just to just just to see how they were. I don't think anyone was really thinking Josh or Diggs or Von Miller was going to play, no point. Um, you're right. We've still got Butker. You've still got Doyle. You've still got a couple of other guys to come in. And Mance as well, who's like that sort of swing interior. I don't, I don't even know if that's a thing. That still gives you eight guys. Now, how mm. many guys do they take on the O-line? 10, 11? They'll probably take yeah, about so, 10. Yeah, it's about but, 10. About. So you've, you've got eight guys. Two. You've got eight guys already. It's, it's going to take a lot. I mean, how many... How many um, teams go ten deep on a on an O line? It's you know. Mm. Do, do you want it? Do you want to disrupt? Do you want to disrupt it? Do you, do you want to disrupt the O line just for those extra couple of guys? That's that sort of bodies. I don't know. I I, I think yeah. you, you try you, you keep basically you keep the you keep the the first string O line in cotton wool. Try and get Buck uh, Doyle and Brown back fit for for week one. Right. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you 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 do believe that? I think the third pre the final preseason game, they're going to give the starting O line or some of the starters probably a quarter, maybe a series or two, just to actually see how it goes. I think next week or this coming Saturday or whenever you listen to this, the twentieth for the next game. Yeah, you will probably see maybe a sprinkling, one or two sprinkling of in inverted commas first teamers. Yeah, but more and more of the second and third string to get that cut down because I think they got to then go to seventy five after that preseason game, and then obviously down to fifty three on the um, on the final. Um, so it will be interesting to see. And what what did you make then of? Of Case Keenum, obviously, he had a he had a very inexpicuous um, game. Led that first drive very well. First, first drive was good. First drive was very good actually, and, and and they went down. And I don't know if it slightly rattled him. It shouldn't. Thirty something guy with ten years shouldn't get rattled. But it was almost like he, I think he really wanted to get the get get the get the touchdown, there, and I think he didn't get it. And and maybe he he was trying to push things a little, little little bit too much. What I will say, and we'll probably come back to him as well, but Khalil Shakir, the one thing I would I would say if I could if I could sort of sum him up on that drive and at other times as well, he made another amazing catch just before the half. When mm. the ball's thrown, you don't for one second think he's not going to make it. Yeah, he almost yeah. has that sort of inbuilt confidence of running the route. He was in the position, and you knew when it was thrown towards him, you knew he was going to catch it, and you knew he was yeah. there. Um, yeah, go to on. have that sort of to have that sort of player, 
Um, I, I think he was great, and that, and that would have been uh, would have been a tremendous support to Keenum. I don't like to see turnovers at any at any point in the game. I hope that's he's got that kind of out of his system. I think there's all there was a couple of slightly freaky plays. I don't like that Crowder. It was it was a high pass to Crowder, that, and then he got tipped and led to the led to the pick. I didn't really like to see that. Crowder, Crowder's in a bit of trouble. I think he'll make it because they've signed him and they'll. They want to believe in them, like OJ Howard. I think almost no matter how bad they play, I think they'll still make the 53. Mm. Um, but they're probably on a uh, on on notice. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I mean, you're looking at Case Keenum stat lines: 11 for 18, 86 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Then you look at Matt Barkley; he was running more with the second and third string guys. Yeah. Um, 18 out of 24, 224 yards, one interception. Yeah. Is that going to cause, is that going to put into mind that there is a backup quarterback competition coming through? Or is it just a case that, that case just probably had an off day and all that. Yeah. And he'll be, he, he will be still be the best backup probably in the NFL come week one on there. Yeah. Matt Barkley will be that serviceable practice squad, um, practice squad guy, third string um, quarterback. Do you yeah, see a worry in what Barkley had done in that game <clears throat> compared to Keenum, knowing also that Barkley was against the second and the third string Colts defense, but Case Keenum had a fair spring thing, I believe, of, first team Colts defense in that yeah. um in that first in his spell in that first quarter as, yes. as quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's always worth bearing in mind as well, people going crazy over over Hodgkins and and uh, uh Blackshear. Again they they're scoring against the thirds. Yeah, it was a nice catch near the end, but you know, just you should be you should do that as part of your bread and butter. Um, one game isn't going to be enough to bench a quarterback after yeah. you, yeah. you have to be one hell of a bad game. But I'll tell you something interesting. If Barkley has another good game in the second preseason game and Keenan doesn't, then I think that conversation will carry on. Um, yeah. I'm From what I saw of Barkley, there's no backup quarterback in the world that will make you feel good if Josh Allen goes out for an extended period of time. There's no quarterback mm. that we can that we can find. We're, we're, it's going to be a loss, whoever we get in. The best you two can weeks. say. So, yeah. So, like for two weeks, you'll 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 be happy with a Barkley or Keenum um, backing up or starting if Josh has to miss a couple of weeks on there. But if you're yeah. going for like seven, eight games or entire season, four or six games, yeah. Then, then you're looking at um, shit. We're gonna have to really adapt it, or hope that someone does come off the wire. And you're looking, you could look at Carolina. The fact they have Mayfield and Darnold, maybe one of them comes off, be that serviceable backup, or they switch mm. a trade or whatever. But I think that's where you. That's where we've got to look at. If it's a couple of games, it's serviceable. They, yeah, we can we can manage on that, but more then you kind of see are either those two good enough to lead the Bills to a playoff game and even a Super Bowl? No, is the is 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 the short answer. Um, 
And I, but I think that's usually the way it is. It would be quite exceptional. Nick Foles is obviously the one that comes to mind, but that was a, a you know a perfect storm of events. He he just managed to go on a go on a great run. If you lose your leading quarterback, you're going you're going to struggle. You you you're just having to make do and mend. Now, from what I've seen of Barkley and what we've seen of him in the past, I think he'll be fine as a, as a perfectly serviceable backup. To mm, maintain yeah. Sean McDermott, uh, you know, metal sharpening metal and steel, iron and steel and titanium sharpening and everything sharpening everything else, <laughs> you have to hold the door open for the fact that if Barkley carries on playing really well and Keenum keeps throwing picks, then Barkley then does become the backup. It wouldn't be fair otherwise. Um Let's see what happens in the second preseason game in the third. It's interesting as yeah. well about yeah. the third is because it used to be that the third game, when it was four preseason games, the third game you'd see the most of the starters, and the fourth game was like the bubble game that was all mm. just the guys who were either trying to make the 53 or make the practice squad or perhaps be on the wires and on the waivers and just you know be in the shop window for other teams that might want to might want to come in. Um, I'm not sure how they re recalculate that. I suspect they'll treat the third game more like the fourth game than the third game of the old games. I think it's. I think you might get Josh to play a series. They might have one with Von Miller just to you know give him something to do on the not on the sideline. But I suspect it'll 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 be much more like that. It'll be it'll be guys that aren't yeah in in the 53 trying to trying to do something. Yeah. So let's let's move on. I mean, this one thing that during the whole off season, we've everyone's been talking Zach Moss. Yeah. Is he is he going to be cut? Is he going to be traded and all that? But reports coming in from from camp that he's actually yeah. he's had been getting a load of red zone looks. He's been getting a load of touches in there, and what he showed in just the three carries. They actually had um, yeah. against the Colts. So he was what three carries, thirty-seven yards, twelve point three average per um, per rush. And okay, he did catch two balls for for five yards on there. But I think I don't know what his longest one was. But he did show a bit of um, vision and a bit of speed when he actually um, broke a couple of tackles on there. Mm. Do you see the fact that they could go in with uh, with um, obviously, and we know this from the depth, we've seen it on the depth chart with yeah. Singletary, um, Moss, and Cook as that three headed Hydra, let's call yes. it, yeah. um, on there. And you're looking at, at Duke Johnson, Taiwan Jones either being cut because mm. obviously we've got Reggie Gillum who will be a fullback on there who can run quite a bit. And congratulations him on the new contract. Um, yeah. You see Duke Johnson and um, Taiwan Jones being that bubble because I think Johnson had six rush six rushes, yeah. um, or six attempts, only got nine yards, um, yeah. one one reception, one yard. Taiwan Jones didn't really get on the field, and then obviously apart from the potentially special teams, but even then he was a bit low on that, I believe. I've what I've what I've actually read. I don't think he took any special teams reps um during the um during the game so do you see those two as your he is going to be cut pretty much yeah i well i would say i did make a note um on uh the game itself did did have a very good kickoff return now 
the, you have to try and make the numbers work. Mm. Um, how many running backs do we take? How many? Because I remember asking this question when when Mark was last on, of how many wide receivers and do wide receivers count as punt returns and kickoff returns? I think the answer we eventually came to in the end, which is no, kickoff return and punt return is a job, but you still get it as a wide as a wide receiver or a running back. And I wonder if they'll they'll try and have Shakir and maybe Duke Johnson as respectively punt returns and kickoff returns as a way of keeping them on the 53. Because if we go for the, the three-headed beast of Cook, uh, Singletary and Moss, it doesn't leave very many left. I mean, how many running backs do we go with four? Yeah. So you've then, then al- already got Duke Johnson and Taiwan Jones and Reggie Gilliam, Gilliam in into what's basically one spot then, haven't we? If we say that Moss, yeah. Singletary yeah. and Cook are in. I think Gilliam, Gilliam is is pretty much a lock because they wouldn't have actually given him a new contract for him to be cut um, yeah, cut true. from the 53 on there. But you throw another name into that running back thing and obviously you're talking about Duke Johnson doing both kick returns and punt returns, but you also had Raheem Blackshear do both kick returns and punt returns. Okay, you only got... if We only received a punt four times on there, but... Yeah. He was no slouch in that either. I mean, for kick no. returns, two returns, 34 yards, 17 average, um, one punt return, 16 yards gained, whereas Duke Johnson had one punt return for six yards. Okay, he had he had two two returns for 58 yards in kick return. But judging by what what um Blackshear did in his limited carries. And he was mainly working short distance, um, short distance work during that thing. And what he actually showed on kick and return, mm. do you think he could at least push out Johnson and Jones for that, especially that kick return or the returns guy on there? Or is it a case that you most will most likely see? The, the veteran actually um, a veteran become that that, uh, that return. The, the the second I think what Blackshear will will be is possibly a guy that other teams will want to call. But for as well as he played and he did play very well, he got the touchdown, he got the two point after, um, played really well. You know, in a in a third string, third playing thirds um, scenario. So I don't want to sort of get get too carried away. Again, I think it speaks extremely well of of the character and the the work rate that McDermott has clearly inspired in the whole 100 guys, however many we've got in the in the building at the moment, that everyone was fighting to the last second. So I think Blackshear is one of those players that he may end up being like a practice squad um, guy. Again, not because of any criticism of himself, because he isn't good enough, but simply I think the guys in front of him there's just too many. You know, it's kind of making my head hurt now. Like, how many guys can we even take? We are going. We are going to have to drop when we come to the fifty-three. There are going to be guys that we will take a deep breath that we can't believe that the Bills didn't take. But then we'll look yeah. who we. Yeah. But then we look who we did take, and you say, "Well, yeah, but who are you going to leave? Who are you going to leave out?" No, exactly. You take, who are you going to leave out? You know, if they do go for four running backs. Does Gillum get in as a as a fullback? Does fullback count as the fifty three? When we do our fifty three preview, I'll actually do the proper homework 
and I'll actually look at who actually counts because I'm just speculating at the moment. But it, yeah. I know there's, there's a little bit of adjustment. It's usually six or seven wide receivers. It'll be four or five running backs kind of thing. It's 10 or 11 O-linemen. So there's always a bit of sort of adjustment and wiggle. Do you want to have an extra corner or an extra guard? You know, that sort of thing. An extra tackle yeah. or an extra, yeah. you know, an extra tight end or that sort of thing. Um but we're going to, there's going to be guys we're, we're, leave, we're leaving behind. If we go for the for the big three, you've got mm. Duke Johnson, Gillum, Taiwan Jones, who I know they like, and yes, great point. Um, and, and likewise for, for the wide receivers as well. We've got three or four of that, I think. Uh, I think Crowder will go because I, I think, again, they've signed in for a particular reason, so they'll, they'll probably absorb what he's not been quite able to do in pre-season. But that's, what, four, almost five guys. Shakir is the fifth. You've then maybe got two guys over, you know, Hodgkins and Kumaro and um, yeah. a couple of others as well. There's, there's going to be some absolutely savage cuts. Coming. I think, and that's, and that's the thing that we're going to really look forward to and actually see in, in the final two preseason games, especially that wide receiver battle, because God, yeah. if, if people have been reading what the likes of Matt Perino, Joe Bascalia, Ryan Tolbert, Sal Capaccio have all been reading and what they saw in that preseason game, mm. Hodgins is really making plays. He's actually yeah. really starting to come about and he's had a very slow first two seasons with, with injuries um, on there, but he played a bit in the slot. He played a bit on the boundary. So, and when you've got a guy with his catch radius, his size and his shiftiness in the speed, he's got deceptive speed in there. Yeah. You've got a guy who is going to be that weapon that could be that last guy. And I know people are going to say, but he doesn't play special teams. Kumro is probably going to get ahead of it because mm. he played special teams. An interesting stat I actually um that I actually found or stat I love a two lot of stats, so like lay it on me. From um from Sal Capaccio is on Sunday Hodgins played eight special team snaps. Yeah. How many do you think Kumaro played? Now I should know this. I think he only played a couple, didn't he? He played none. None? He had no, he did not play any special team snaps. So to me, that's kind of, if if that trend continues mm. in the next two games and Hodgins gets more and more special teams reps over Kumaro, mm. you could likely see touchdown Jesus actually be cut. And yeah. to be honest, a part of me would be sad about it, but a part of me would be happy because Hodgins, when he came out of Oregon State, they're okay. They're 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 a pack, not pack twelve. Okay, they're a pack twelve team. Um, not that big, but he was a deceptively good and underrated um, wide receiver. Okay, with a seventh round pick for for us, but he he has shown glimpses of what he can do and yeah fair enough people are going to say to me but he played against a third string second string Colts defense yeah it doesn't matter you've got second or third string offensive linemen for the Bills playing up against a few um first uh first string 
coast defenses. Are you going to tell me that you can't really make a comparison to that? I think Hodgins, mm. he, to me, he is the favourite to make that roster. I mean, you've got, you have Stevenson, he's on um, Pup at the moment. Yeah, you've got Shakir, maybe, maybe a bit unlucky. Shakir's in. You've got surely. Shakir is going to be in because is in. he is he has just been lights out, not just in training camp, yeah. but in that uh, in that Colts game as well. So you're looking already at um, Gabe Davis, who in, in training camp still is un, untouchable, uncoverable. Stefan yeah. Diggs, Isaiah yeah. McKenzie. Jameson he's been, Crowder. He's been, insa- he's been insanely good, McKenzie. We haven't even put a word in for uh, is he, have we? Uh, exactly. Khalil uh, Shakir. Yeah. yeah. Um, Isaiah Hodgins. That's, to me, that's your six locked in at the moment. And then you're just yeah. trying to think. And this is where we keep talking about the wide receiver numbers. Do yeah. they take six knowing that they may take, say, three um, tight ends? They have two or three running backs and Reggie Gillum that can be pass catchers. Yes. Do they take that six and the likes of Kumaro, Marquez Stevenson, Tavon Austin are all gone. Obviously they'll look to bring Stevenson back onto the, um, onto the practice squad. But I think what Hodgins has done and what he's shown in training camp, now he's fully healthy. Mm. I think that just strengthens our wide receiver core. So if if Davis, Diggs and McKenzie go out, I'm kind of content and kind of happy that we'll have a Hodgins, we'll have a Shakir and we'll have a Crowder in mm. there that are serviceable. Okay. Yes. The whole season, they may not, um, I wouldn't, I'd be worried. But for a couple of games, if one of them had to spell in for one of the big three, I would be confident in their ability and just seeing what they've done in that, in that preseason game, you're yeah. thinking we've got some diamond in the roughs here and that's yeah. all down to Bean and his scouting team, getting these players, taking their time to actually look at those players. Yeah. And, bring, and bringing them on and, and even bearing in mind, you know, God forbid if the worst thing happened and we did lose Diggs or Davis, you still got the options of two tight end sets with, um, Knox and OJ Howard, who I still think we, I still think is worth is worth sticking with for the moment. You still got the option of mm. the, the 13, thirteen personnel with three, going with three running backs as well. So they've still got enough uh, resiliency in their offensive uh, personnel uh, options um, as well. I mean, like I say, whoever goes, it's going to be a bit of a loss. If it is, let's say they they do end up Stevenson and and Kumaro with the, the odd man out. It's still going to be a hell of a bind. So I tell you what, that makes that interesting. Then, let's say that for Hodgins, they gave him the eight special team snaps just to see what he could do. They knew what they could, knew what they had with with Kumaro, but could Hodgins step in, you know, and 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 at least fulfil that role? They gave him the first preseason game. Now, what do they do with the second preseason game? Do they give Kumaro a chance to, you know, reassert it? Do they maybe put Hodgins in with the seconds? And give him, you know, move him, say, from the third to the seconds almost. They, they, so they give him a, a larger special teams role in the second and, and third mm. preseason game. Will that tell us something? Or will they just, yeah. you know, give, it, give him a run out 
the first preseason game before before falling back. I think what McDermott decides to do, I think, will tell us a lot about who he thinks is going to be, let's say, sixth and seventh um, in the wide receiver. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to be honest, don't be surprised to see the McDermott use Hodgins more special teams for the next two games, knowing what he did against the Colts, and then give Kumaro the majority of Hodgson's um, snaps in those games to see if he can make an impression. Because, as I say, we know he knows what Kumaro can do on special teams. This is yeah. testing out Hodgins and giving Kumaro Hodgson's snaps in the next two games is saying, look, you saw what Hodgins has done in training camp. You saw what he did against the, um, the Colts. Here's your opportunity. If you can beat him out, then we have you above him and they may look to get that seventh slot in, maybe take a position away and bring Hodgins in or they go, okay, you haven't impressed us as well as we expected you to do. Yes, you're a good standout on special teams, but Hodgins is starting to make an impression on there and he is ahead of you, so to speak, this this off season that we're going to go with six. Thank you. We'll see if we can try and stash you on the... Um, Stash you on the practice squad. That's yeah. where I, I can see it play out over the next um, next couple of games. Yeah, I think what we will see, or rather, what we won't see in the next two uh, games, will be no Diggs, Davis, or McKenzie, because they're in mm. anyway. So you've you've got three, four, five wide receiver positions in your regular offense plus special teams to really give the final review. Uh, for who's going in. So, again, it'd be very interesting to see, you know, who lines up and where and in what um, um, personnel yeah. group yeah. for uh, these these last couple of games. You know, is he going to get, yeah. you know, like you say, he's going to put Kumaro versus Hodgins, which is which is what it may come down to. Give give Howard and Crowder more reps just to get just just to get them used to the used to the system. It's so one thing, I, I guess, if you're a rookie, you kind of come in sort of knowing nothing. So that's the only system you know. So for someone like Shakir or, I mean, Benford, we even, haven't even mentioned Benford and Elam yet, but um, they're sort of coming in learning a system, whereas O.J. Howard had to transfer for, and Crowd have had to transfer from other um, systems and have to learn that um, instead. So yeah. You, yeah. you think that those signings that we probably think are going to make the 53 will get more of a run out in games two and three as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we haven't even touched on defence. I mean, to be honest, there's not really much to say about about this defence that we haven't already said. I mean, you, you you look at the fact that we had no Rousseau, we had no Ed Oliver, we had no Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Von Miller, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, Dane Jackson, obviously Poynton hired, injured. And yet, yes, we gave up... 20 um 24 points on there but nothing really hurt us hurt us in that game and we only I mean, gave up 10 points against the firsts against Matt yeah. Ryan throwing throwing to his receivers that was a second string bills defense that i would i would venture more than held their own against mm. the, the 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 first string offense of, of the mean, colts and it I was mean, those two serious breakups from Milan, wasn't there one breaker yep. and one more from, from Benford as well. You worry that Elam's going to be a bit handsy and he's going to be a bit too close, but he, he, he just about dialed it, he dialed it back at the right time. 
you could see how much he's learned from training camp, and uh, I, I thought mm. I, I thought it impressed me very much. I think, I think, and this is this is probably just first game nerves, and I know I'm high on Elam and all that, but I have a feeling that Benford for a sixth round pick is actually pushing Elam quite close. Yes, because he's he, had. Elam has to has to prove he's he's worth the first round pick. Benford kind of is happy to be there, so he's he's yeah, coming in hungry. Villanova, they're not the biggest school; they're a small school. But in training camp, he looks good in coverage, and obviously he took that. Um, he took the fumble. Was no, no Bernard, Bernard, yeah, but he was he was he's been out there, Benford, running against Diggs and McKenzie, and Davis, and holding yeah. his own quite a bit in there. In that game, yeah, it was him and the Lamb, your starting cornerback, so against the first, he he held his own. I think this might be justifying why the Bills haven't really gone after that veteran cornerback that I think everyone yeah. has been asking for. The fact Including that you've got Jackson, yeah. who, they, who they've rested and who has done well, You've got yeah. Elam who had moments and also had moments where he was completely lost and struggled, especially when Nick Foles came on. He actually was a bit hesitant on a couple of plays, which has been reported in training camp. But you've got Benford there who's pushing him yeah. a little bit more. And you've got, as I say, for a sixth round guy out Villanova, again, you have to credit Bean and the scouting team for, for getting him on their radar and i think i read somewhere that teams other teams were already making inquiries I about that, yeah. yeah they're on the plan. Hey, if he doesn't track. make the 53 yeah yeah let, let me know if he doesn't make the 53 we'll have him yeah so i'm kind of you're kind of thinking there that after that performance at training camp you could even see benford push elam for that starting spot it obviously we all know Alam is gonna be the 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 opposite Trey White. Um, obviously, until he comes back, it'll be Dane Jackson and one other. But yeah. you could see, could you see Benford? Maybe if he has another solid two games, yeah. slightly creep up on on Alam. I think the next two games are going to be very, very interesting because I'm still not sure. Dane Jackson might play a little bit. Trey's obviously not going to play. But the vast mm. majority of snaps in games two and three are probably going to be Benford and Elam. And those two almost competing on opposite sides of the field, but competing against each other for the spot opposite Dane Jackson for week one, if we assume that, that, that Trey isn't ready for week one, which is a separate thing to talk about. Um, yes, I can absolutely see it. And 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 big picture, something happened, uh, God forbid, and we only had Elam and Benford as our cornerbacks, bearing in mind the first preseason game they've had and the two more they're going to have when they get to week one, looking how quickly each guy has come on, looking at the experience, look how sink or swim it's been, look at the fact that they have to compete against McKenzie and Davis and Diggs, and all of the um, you know, with, with all of the learning that they've had, and you know, you can just see Alam filling in his his A four uh, 
paper, his A4 file with all the, all of his notes. Just imagine like what what he'd have been doing after that preseason game. Yeah, they'd yeah. do a lot worse than those two. It's a it, you know it's a bit they're gonna be a bit green to both be playing in the NFL with two rookies, but I don't think the moment's gonna to be too big for them. I think we'd want yeah. Dane Jackson yeah. as well, but but my God, that that's that's a pretty that's a pretty decent four guy cornerback position and you've still got Taron Johnson and you've still got Saran Neal lurking in the wings as well. Yeah, who are going to be mainly your your nickel guys. And the interesting thing is the quote from Leslie Frazier during training camp about Benford. He's quoted as saying he's another one of those young corners who has some maturity about him and some instincts and playmaking ability that really gets you excited. I mean, his reps against Diggs, yes, he lowered, Hmm. he lost a few but he even made a fair few good pass breakups incompletes and even on time stayed up with with stefan diggs so it's it's justifiable that we have and we seem to like or we seem to have a knack of developing um safeties in cornerbacks secondary players i mean yeah. johnson had had a good game damar hamlin had a good game on there so yes there will be question marks but you kind of feel how this um this coaching staff has got the best out of these defensive backs and the fact that last year with trey white missing for the second half of the season the playoff run we Mm. still were the number one pass defense team yes on there showing how well this coaching staff coaches up and and develops our secondary. Yeah. It's also, they also seem to have, whether it's the coaching staff developed it or if it's the players that they've tried to recruit, but there seems to be a a touch of, how can I put this? A little touch of the nasty about, I'm not saying killer alarms, like I, I don't mean a dirty player, but a touch of the physical a touch of the, mm. the the slightly rough hands like like Trey White is all finesse he's all skill he's all you know he's he's all perfect but what he isn't really is a sort of manhandling he's not a big tackler he's not you know he's all about the coverage and the you know being in the right place at the right time and and people just not wanting to throw to him because he's just too good but there's something about Elam and Benford and we'll get to the D line in a second a bit, that that defensive line seems to be a bit getting a bit what can I say? A bit, bit nastier, a little bit more, yeah. a little yeah. bit more. Uh, a bit uh, yeah, a bit, a bit more direct, a bit more physical, a bit, a, a little bit, a little bit saltier, a little bit spicier, kind of thing. That you know, they just seem to have that thing about them, and which is a, which is a beautiful, beautiful segue into uh, Tim Settle um, winning. Shall we say, winning the line of scrummage battle against uh, was it Quentin Nelson? Of the, yeah. Uh, yeah. of the of the coach and put, pushed him back about ten pa- pushed him back about ten paces, and I don't remember mm-hmm. seeing that level that level of of sort of physical intensity and and flat out meanness mm-hmm. for a while. And and as much as yeah, we like what we're seeing from the cornerbacks. Let him, let's continue. Let's see what happens in the next couple of games. D line D line could be good. Yeah. yeah, I think the one other person on that D line, and there's one person that we're going to need to talk about in a minute. Um, yeah. One other person on that D line who who impressed, I think, is in with a shot 
and could take away a spot from someone is um Brandon Bryant. He was there or mm. thereabouts in this um on this depth chart um quite a bit. I mean, he's Let's listed obviously in the third string. He's he's behind Oliver, Dequan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle. But yeah, he's again, got yeah, as Oliver and Phillips in front of him and Settle and Dave. And that he, you talk, he he's best of the rest, isn't he? Yeah, you talk number games again, like with, with wide receiver, with running back. Again, you can see you could see that with with the um defensive line. I mean, you know that Russo, Oliver, Jones, Miller, Settle, Phillips, Epinesa, Basham, I'd say about eight already that I've named that are yeah. pretty much set in stone on there. Do they take nine or ten? That means brand that means Brian and Lawson on there. Or yeah. are they going or will will they go a different direction? Will they go nine and actually have Brian Lawson actually um battle it out? But then Mike Love had a good game as well. So when so, you say nine or ten, is that is that edge and tackle? Yeah, that's the whole right, deal. Okay. So that's edge and tackle. Right. Okay. So I I like to group it as some people when they do depth charts they do an edge and defensive tackle. Okay. I just put them together because we know that some of these players can play multiple positions along that um along that D line. Yeah. So I can see I I, I usually class it as one on there. So I thinking Brian Lawson battling maybe for the last spot or maybe yeah. the last two spots. Mike Love had a had a decent game, but the one player I think really we have to talk about yeah. is oh, a bail on Spectre because I put a tweet up saying who impressed you the most. Spectre came in there and um, quite a bit, but yeah. Terrell Bernard, the the third yes. round pick, people were questioning that decision out of Baylor to Ash um, to draft him, but he had the scoop and score. Yes, he's also well handled in in training camp. He's Good in coverage, he's actually um he's had a couple of interceptions, a couple of past breakups. Yes, they list him as Millard, as Edmonds' um backup, so I think he's played a few. I think he played the majority of the snaps as middle linebacker, but you see that Milano in him, and you see what he can do. Him and Specter can do makes you think we've had a really really good draft class where last year what a couple of the the late round picks didn't make it no. i think in this this round this this year i think pretty much all bar probably um uh what's it what, what's the guy's name um uh luke luke um luke tunute tunute yeah, um could be making making that squad. Yeah. Yes, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. I mean looking at the uh yeah if we if we take edge and, and tackle all together and what we say that we take ten mm. you, you, your odd man out there is maybe Anku and then yeah. possibly uh, that makes eleven and then you've maybe got Mike Love which seems a shame because he he uh, played pretty well from what I, what, I, what I saw of him. But, yeah, if you're only going with 10, 10 guys, Russo, Basham, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Von Miller, Epineza, well, they're all going. That's eight. Shaq Lawson, nine. 
um, yeah, you got you got three guys. You got three guys for for one last position. The the I mean, we just keep repeating ourselves, don't we? The the strength and depth <laughs> and and the development of players and you you get what McDermott meant about coming into the right culture, and you just hear the the noise coming out of of other teams and other training camps and. And that kind of thing when everyone's at each other's throats and you, you, you're just looking at this and we've got six round guys that could make the 53 and are, you know, are, are, are impressing us. And as you say, this draft class that we've had, um, yeah, they're almost all in with a shout, aren't they? Bernard's going to yeah. make it, he's going to make it, Cook's going to make it, Spectre, I think, very good, very good chance of making it, Shakir. And then the last one. And then the last guy is um, Matt Arisa. Yeah. Yeah. So, the fact so for, that... for anyone who, for anyone who wasn't there, um, the uh, the Bills were at fourth fourth down on their twenty yard like their own twenty, which is where you'd be. Eighteen yard line. Were they eighteen? Well, they snapped it back to he got it on the five. So I normally just assumed it was a fifteen. You normally do it fifteen yards, don't you, for a punt? So that, that's it. I was I was working backwards on that because I know he got it on the five. So that so that's just what I was going. But I'll I'll, I'll take I'll take your I'll take your point. I just remember I've watched the clip several times. I know he got it on the five. So I always thought it was fifteen yards, but if it's thirteen yards, that's interesting. It depends really. Depends what people uh, are comfortable with. Uh, I suppose fair enough. Well, he seemed pretty comfortable anyway because he he went forward. From what I could see, it looked like it left his foot on the nine yard line, and then it looked like it hit the ground first bounce on the Colts nine yard line which is 82 freaking yards long mm. and then you lose 20 because of the the touchback so i mean if it had taken a buffalo bounce as well if it had just bounced straight up in the air they could have had somebody grounding it as well you know that that's just that's just ridiculous and still with a net punt of, of 62 yards yeah and, yeah. and word out of training camp was obviously he was he was behind Hark as the um as the punter, and it was mainly because of his hang time on the on the yeah. punt. Yeah, he's got the distance, but he he actually started closing that distance to like half a second or even just a little bit less than mm. Hark when he's actually pinned it. I mean, Matt Hark they they had like two punts each or something like that. Um, on the Hark only went for like thirty eight yards or something like that. Yeah. And that was a with a four point four oh second hang time. Um. Oh wait, it went fifty yards to the Colts twelve yard line for a fair catch. So yeah, about thirty, about thirty eight yards. Whereas Erasia, obviously, he's only in the air for four point two three seconds, but yeah. went pretty much net sixty two eighty two yard punt on there. And the fact that not once did um. Hark actually come out and hold no for um the fast on the um on the point afters and the game winning field goal. So yeah, as much as we want to see um Matt versus as Joe Bascalia puts it, Matt versus Matt Pontapalooza. Yes. Um for the rest of the season or the rest of the I think it's season, over. It it it's literally gonna be over. I think yeah. I think this week against the Broncos, if Erasia has um, has more of a an impact and does more holding for for Bass. Then 
is goodbye, Matt. Thank goodbye, Matt Hack. Thank you for yeah. thank you for last year. Thank you for this season. Here's your P forty five. Off you um off you go. Yeah. Um, off your own. Pat on the back and show him the door. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, it's to his credit actually. Matt Hack's had a pretty pretty decent training camp because he had a real shocking few games that were just absolutely mm. unrepeatable last season. And hopefully, he's done it. He's done himself a job that. He could maybe get get picked up by another team because he's had a decent training camp and he's he's actually done pretty well. But come on, this guy, this guy's the future. He's only going to get better. He's only going to you know yeah. pick up on his pick up on his on his hang time. Um, I think we're all like crossing our fingers when it when it came to Tyler Bass kicking the the winner as as time expired. You want a riser to hold it. Didn't seem to have any any problems with the hold as far as I could see. Um, I think it, the, the job yeah. is. Yeah. Well, what is interesting is the Bills, I think, have released five players, haven't they? You might, one might have yeah. thought that yeah. maybe they release Hack this time to give him more time to find another team. Because obviously, it is a specialist position the longer you have, you know. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting for the next, um, for the next game. And that's our next show. We're yes. undecided yet whether we're going to do it before the um before the Broncos game or after the um after the Broncos game, but we'll we'll review or preview it. Plus, we'll put our own we'll we'll clam together and do a what we think final fifty three would be before obviously cuts. We may have to revise it um, after the third preseason game because who knows? Yeah. We may have some players that we actually say he's in but got cut, but. <laughs> That's that's for the next show. I mean, thank God, Bills for football was back. I mean, my team, my 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 soccer team for any Americans out there, um, have had a bad, shocking couple of um couple of games. Um, oh, well, I've had so, a win and a draw. Well, I've had a win and a draw. It's not a bad start to the season, so I'm quite happy with that. Got a equaliser away to Chorley. Eighty-five minutes. Beauty. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I went to watch Yeovil Town um, on on Saturday, so that was interesting. The fact proper, that the Wrexham manager, mate. proper football, mate. None of this, none of this. Uh, well, of this the referee, referee was the referee and the linesman were a bit biased. There was one really good tackle. <laughs> they got the ball. The ball went away after he got the ball. The guy tapped his um, knee as he was sliding as well after getting the ball, and the ref booked the player, and that was just wrong. But the fact that the Wrexham manager, if you look him up, um, Phil Parkinson, you do a comparison and he has a sort of similar image to Bradley Walsh. And that was me pretty much right up close to it. I was pretty much two rows behind the dugout. Yeah. And just when he turned around and when he looked sideways, he looked remarkably like Bradley Walsh. I was tempted to shout, oh, Bradley, how's Chase getting on? <laughs> He does have that thing of a lower league football manager, kind of, uh, uh, yeah, that that, yeah. that view of him. Yeah. No, I, I I don't ever want to go back. Uh, I obviously, me and my dad, who's uh, uh, seventy seven now, uh, would obviously love to see Darlow back in back in the football league. But there's something about travelling to smaller grounds, just hanging out with the real fans, talking talking the mm. games, talk, talking because and obviously because I live in in Oxfordshire, so I probably only get to see half a dozen games that are in away games. I don't really go up north, up to the northeast very often because it's too far uh, now. 
but you so you chat to sort of the home fans, figure out what they're doing. You just get all oh, just been been all sorts of all sorts of fun places. I, I kind of don't really want that to stop. Um, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. perfectly happy with non-league football. Me uh, and and yeah. you have to go full time. You go if you go into the league above, go into the national league, what I still call the Vauxhall Conference. Um, <laughs> they're almost all full time now. Like when Dala went down yeah. in like the 80s and 90s, they stayed full time and everyone else was part time, so we thrashed everyone um, and got yeah, went straight back up again. Now pretty much everyone is full time. They're almost all ex league now. They're all full time, and, and the transition from part time to full time is is as difficult as as Championship to Premier League. Because I'm saying basically you have to change your whole team. I think we I think we need to end the show or we'll be going on for hours unless yeah, it'll probably turn off but no yeah. you can for the next episode obviously we'd look to try and do a 53, 53 man preview you can find Robin at Robin C Armstrong Find me at Matt SW86. You can find Mark at This is Sparky S. You can find um, the UK Bills at UK UK Bills on Twitter, the podcast at RWBB underscore podcast, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Buffalo Bills UK on Facebook, YouTube, UK underscore Bills on Instagram. Like, follow, share, spread the word. And for Robin, this is Matt saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for listening to the show and let's go Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Yeah, no, 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 no. You don't know anything about work. You know anything about work? Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.